Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. The Force. What does it feel like? Have you ever been afraid of the dark? How does it feel when you turn on the light? I feel safe. Yes, it feels like that. Dare I say this is some of the most important Star Wars content we've had in years. And I don't just mean entertaining. I don't mean satisfying from a fan's standpoint. But like really, really important. Not just for the development of Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship. Not just for the development of Princess Leia and her overall experience within the galaxy far, far away. But what we know today about the experience of being a Force user that we didn't know yesterday is a bigger leap than I think we've had in, at least since Rise of Skywalker, but probably before that. Fair to say? Uh... I'm curious to know what you're referring to. I, I, well, I mean, specifically, uh, and I, I wish that I had the, the exact line written down, but when Leia asks Obi-Wan what it means to have the Force, and like famously Alec Guinness describing it to Luke has become like one of the textbook biblical descriptions of what being Force-sensitive means. Um, mm -hmm. He has this whole new way of explaining it. He ELI fives it for this little princess uh, and says something to the effect of, have you ever been afraid of the dark? And she says, yes. And he says, you know how when you turn on the lights, you feel relieved? She says, yes. He says, that's what having the force is like. And I just thought that was like poetic. And, and it, it spoke to the spirituality of the force even more so than the power itself. And I think that being able to see through the dark permeates through this entire episode. He, you know, reads the hieroglyphics on the wall in the Jedi Underground Railroad, and it talks about being able to see with your eyes closed. And there's constant diversions in the final escape using um, steam pipes and smoke and fire and all these different distortions. And I, I just think in general vision and visibility as a literal device is used very effectively as a symbol for the force through this whole episode. Well, another one of his most famous lines is your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. True. And that one underpins a lot of that. What, what you're saying as well, I, I would certainly uh, agree. Uh, it's she, she, he asks her the question and she responds safe. Mm. Uh, it makes me feel safe. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so that that is a a really nice way of putting it. Um, oh, it was stunning. Kind of explaining, yeah, I, I did think that was that was really nice. Uh, and it and it does kind of have that. Um, your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. When especially when he like asks Vader, like, "What have you become?" Mm. Um, and it's just like he can't even believe what he's seeing there. And and in the end, Luke doesn't believe what he's seeing, and that's the reason he's able to kind of get through and see the guy inside, see Anakin again. And so Obi Wan's inability to kind of 
his eyes can deceive you. Like it, it, it's interesting because there's a lot of deception going on there. Who is he trying to see? What's he seeing? His eyes are deceiving him. His eyes deceive him earlier when he sees an image of Anakin just out in the like the right. Mapuzo desert. Right. And so, like, that's a really great thing that you you brought up, and and I didn't realize quite how much it penetrated the episode in uh, in a consistent way. Yeah, and I think that was intentional. Now, I don't I just watched this like literally 15 minutes ago and so it's very fresh and I've got like a bit of a wonder buzz on because it was amazing. I I'm not alone in that, right? Like this episode was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome, absolutely. Uh it it had uh one kind of glaring thing for me that it's like my only like big take back, but it's a big take back okay. and it's only because um we see the logic for it played out in front of us is how does Obi-Wan get away in the end? It makes no sense whatsoever. The fire is reignited. Yeah. And then, but 15 seconds earlier, we just saw that Vader can use the force to put out the fire. <laughs> well, yeah. And so did his like force meter just run out and he was like standing there and like waiting and for it to charge back up again so that he could put out the fire? I guess. And there's kind of precedent in Star Wars for, okay, we'll let him get away this time, but this isn't over yet. Like that's been done before, but it doesn't really seem like the vibe that Vader has in this moment. Like he has come here specifically to square off with Obi-Wan once and for all. Like, he's not interested in playing cat and mouse with this guy. He wants to uh, make him suffer the way he has suffered and the way he blames Obi-Wan for having suffered. Uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. In general, I think some of the um, evasion action in Obi-Wan Kenobi thus far, uh, you may have heard me talk about this on the show show last night, uh, has just been like a, a little bit it's kind of asked you to buy in like Leia running away in the woods. Like there's certain Leia in the woods is silly. It's kind of silly. And so like, maybe this is a little bit like that. Um, I was trying to consider today uh, now that we've seen half of the episodes of this series in its entirety, could this be a movie? Could this have been a three hour film? And, and is there, I'm constantly uh, embattled by the elusive distinction between cinema and, and television. And I can't tell if you were to edit all these episodes together, could it convincingly be a movie or does it feel like TV? And I guess I'm also still hung up on like budgetary concerns. Like, well, maybe it's a TV show because it's cheaper and it's easier to get away. And it's also, it, um, it lends itself better to the cliffhanger if he gets away and they have another face to face in a couple episodes from now. That's true. I think it definitely lends itself. I actually think this is the first TV show that would work as a film. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's going to be a little bit more stretched out. You're going to get more long shots of pondering Obi-Wan and pensive gazes. Uh, and that's what you want in the show. And that's that's what allows it to be television so that you don't have a four hour movie. Right. Uh, but in that same vein, I do think you could get this story, cut out a couple small things here and there, maybe uh, remove, I don't know, remove an inquisitor so that it's just a little less going on sort of thing. Uh, and it could work in a movie. But yeah. I would have liked I if, think, they, yeah. if they tidied up the Inquisitors a little bit too. It's funny, I just said this was so good and now we're like nitpicking a little bit. But if only because I still don't feel satisfied in the, okay, how many people know about Vader question mark? I feel like we've added another Inquisitor and also not addressed that she 
attempted to assassinate the Grand Inquisitor. And maybe as far as everyone's concerned, that character's dead right now. And so it feels like we're getting uh, a little messy with the, with the uh, okay, yeah, but it seems like we're a little messy with the antagonists because um, she has the ear of, of Vader and fair enough, he has his own private agenda. He's enlisted somebody who's uh, talented and powerful to help him track down the thing that he's really fixated on. Um, but yeah, do we really need that second brother guy? The fifth brother. Yeah. I, I don't know if we really do. And his kind of gunning for the throne. And I, I mentioned it previously that his acting was the one that stood out to me in the first two episodes and his, his dialogue as well. And uh, I still think it kind of rings true. It's just, yes, he's a cheesy character in rebels, but they don't do any less. They don't make him any less cheesy in this show, in my opinion. And he stands out as being pretty cheesy, whereas a lot of people have been kind of nagging on Riva. And I, I don't see that at all. I think it's I think it's excellent. I think this episode was was uh, her best as well, um, oh, especially yeah. seeing as you can see some real layers in there, especially when she uh, makes her way to the path mm-hmm. and uh, sees that. Well, there's a few ways you can look at it. Oh, look at all these Jedi who got away. And that's why I'm so mad. But more likely, it's look at all these Jedi who got away. Mm. How come I couldn't have been one of the Jedi who got away? How come no one came to save me? How the hell did all these Jedi get away and I couldn't? Yeah. That's the way I think it's going to go. I think there's too many layers to that onion. Isn't that such a common trait of people who fall to the dark side too, is that they they can't stop fixating on the wrongs that have come to them. That's certainly mm. uh, part of Anakin's problem is that like, even though there is good and love around him, he can't get over his own injustices. That's absolutely true of, of Darth Maul to the mm-hmm. point, to the extent that he like transcends beyond the Sith doctrine. Um, who else? Well, it's true of Riva. And so I think that's, that's a, a nice, mirroring i guess of 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 a common trait of dark force users and she's as you said really good and not to not to get to the end too quickly but like when she meets up with leia at the end of the tunnel and you just see her silhouette there's something downright haunting about her oh yeah she does an excellent job with being haunting there and uh i mean no everybody's in the shadow when it comes to the haunting uh, that is darth vader in this episode he maybe plays his most serial killer vibe ever in this episode, just the way he's just breaking necks on the street and just rounding these big sloping turns uh, in the pitch black of night uh, as he's chasing Obi-Wan. It's really an episode full of good horror moments. Yeah, well, and it's interesting you say serial killer too, because I also got like an Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men vibe when he's just like walking (laughs) slowly and doesn't care at all about who he murders. Yeah. Yeah. He's just going through the town without any bit of humanity. So we pick back up at the beginning of the episode with Obi-Wan, who is still really rattled by the news that Anakin is alive. And so we get a little bit more of the uh, mechanical assemblance of Darth Vader. And we see a lot of his skin. So we said last week, like, gee, his face looks a lot more effed up than I even thought it would be. Now we see, like, his back and stuff, too. And his whole body is just mutilated. There has really been no physical rehabilitation of the body of Anakin Skywalker, which is news to me. 
Like, in, in a sense, he really doesn't look like, um, uh, is it Sebastian Shaw? He actually, he, he just looks like a zombie. And I don't see Hayden Christensen in there. It's quite gruesome in a way that Star Wars rarely is. Yeah, he's that way in Rogue One, though, as well. And so they want to be consistent with that. Uh, you see his... We saw more, just... though, than we did in Rogue, Rogue Sorry? One. We saw a lot more of him here than we did in Rogue One. That's true. I think I've seen also with a prop that was used in Rogue One, and it's pretty gruesome. Uh, and so maybe that's what I'm kind of confusing in my head with how much they actually show you in Rogue One. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's only got, like, he doesn't have any of his limbs left, and right. he's been burnt. And so I imagine that kind of bubbly top of his head just all over the place and um, that's kind of what we indeed get. <laughs> it's really, really quite disgusting. Uh, and the Bacta is, does not do what it does for uh, for Boba Fett. I am thinking less and less that we're going to get a bunch of flashbacks in this show. We really thought like we're going to see a whole lot of what it used to be like between Obi-Wan and Anakin, or we thought maybe we'd get Padme. Maybe we still will. And maybe we'll get Hayden Christensen in some more uh, your eyes are deceiving you. Like maybe he'll like really come face to face with Obi-Wan in some kind of like meltdown moment and the two of them will have words. But I'm kind of got the sense from this that like the only reason we have Hayden Christensen in this is because it's satisfying to know it's Hayden Christensen. Um, and no disrespect to him, but I don't know that we're seeing him flex his acting so much. Like he doesn't really feel like Darth Vader until you hear James Earl Jones, like that's when it really lands. Like, do you think that this needs to be Hayden Christensen based on what we've seen so far? It doesn't need to be, but the physical acting is there. He's doing a really good job of that okay. and kind of evoking David Prowse, I think. Uh, but on top of that, you'll notice it more when he fights, my guess is. Uh, you'll be able to see in a, in a longer fight, this will obviously not be the last fight, you'll be able to see that transition of Anakin to Vader more, I think, in, in his physical acting. I also do believe that we will, although not get a lot of flashbacks, clearly, I think we will now, because we haven't gotten any in any consistency, probably just have one extended flashback. Maybe, yeah. And I expect that will still happen, and it will definitely feature Anakin. I, th I think there's almost... It would be shocking to me if there was not an extent, and, and maybe it is in a vision. I, I kind of thought that was possible. I didn't really know how they were going to go about it. This episode shows kind of how they're going to go about it, that it's just clearly, it's kind of like a hallucinating sort of vision that Obi-Wan's sort of having, and that could uh, that, that could happen. But I, I do expect uh, it to be a flashback that maybe it's in the last episode, and the last episode is just flashbacks and the face off <laughs> who knows yeah yeah maybe i guess we'll see i'm not i'm not dissatisfied in any sense for what it's worth i just I, I find it interesting that they were not sparing with the vader in this episode but they were pretty sparing with with the hayden christensen aspect um yeah it, it definitely um burst the vader bubble early and i was kind of surprised they did that uh, but not not disappointed by any means i'm, I'm glad he's central it's uh, we don't need to always get just a little dose of Darth Vader. Right. This one is where we want a heavy heaping of Darth Vader. So help me understand how big of a secret Darth Vader is because Obi-Wan had no idea and that's fine. He's in the Outer Rim and he's like hiding and he's actively trying not to be too 
tuned in with what's going on galactically. Although he also has to be kind of aware because he's evading capture himself. Um, the Inquisitors know about Darth Vader. He's not exactly a secret, but like he, no. Obi-Wan knows the words Darth Vader mean Anakin Skywalker. And how is it that 10 years have gone by and he didn't hear word once? Because, like you said, it's he's on Tatooine. He's yeah. on the the furthest <laughs> the furthest place uh, from the bright center of the galaxy, uh, and he's keeping to himself. He lives in a cave. He doesn't go to cantinas. He's not checking up on the hollow net. I don't think he has a strategy for evasion. I don't think he would know very well. Of I don't think he would know much about the Inquisitors. I don't okay. think uh, unless unless he commune unless we find out that he's had some other contact i think he's been so underground and i think they're showing like by him living in the cave that he's had no contact whatsoever and darth vader is not a secret but he is a little bit like the boogeyman yeah because it is a galaxy and he is uh he is the the shadowy henchman of uh the chant the emperor and and so he he doesn't go to big political uh, events but he does have a status i'm sure you could check his like like position in the in the like imperial like register <laughs> okay. um but i don't think like so so like i don't like he i don't think he he doesn't exist on paper for example mm -hmm. I, I think he's it would just be the places that are on the outskirts or if you don't live in that civilized of an area or if the empire doesn't have its thumb pressed too firmly down on your planet then maybe you don't know about the the horror stories of the big bad lackey of the emperor everybody knows of the emperor but maybe not everybody knows of his of his right hand who does a lot of the dirty work well and it's not like he's you know for the lack of a better word a politician the way the emperor is he's not like vice emperor where it would be silly not to know who he is he's a weapon yeah exactly he he is a lord uh and he is um uh a, a military general what is the state of the inquisitors come the time of a new hope because it seems to me that by that point vader is the only force user and so does Rebels maybe fulfill the story of the Inquisitors? Are they disbanded at some point? Yeah. Rebels does a good job of uh, fulfilling a lot of the 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 story of the, of the Inquisitors. <clears throat> there's there's um, other canon Inquisitor stories, but um, yes, you would be correct in saying that uh, the Inquisitors are likely dissolved by the time of uh, A New Hope. So Obi-Wan and Leia are walking out into the desert with a specific uh, destination in mind. Remind me who sent them there? Was it Kumail? Kumail sent them there, yep. Yes, and uh, so he Hydra. lied? Are we to take it that he lied? No, and so later on, uh, Tala, I think her right, name was, right, and right. Varma's character, yep. mentions that uh, I was coming to the spot, I was just late, and like Leia had suggested they may have been. <laughs> and so they hitch a ride uh with this imperial transport voice uh the alien driving the thing i thought it was seth rogan at first but it was zach braff which is kind of neat mm. um it sounded a lot like seth rogan and, and there's this interesting chapter in seth rogan's memoir where he like pretty mercilessly makes fun of george lucas and i kind of thought like that would probably 
preclude him from ever getting a seat at the Star Wars table. Um, and so I was Probably. surprised, but it was Zach Braff. And he's this kind of like kindly bus driver, although he's not a good guy. He's not on our side. Um, and he also allows some stormtroopers to to hitch onto the back of the bus and they are looking for a Jedi. And so they start making small talk with Obi-Wan, but they're suspicious. Um, he has this uh, alibi. This, and, and in fact, Leia kind of made it up where they're uh, father-daughter and they're, uh, the, the wife died recently and they have code names. But Obi-Wan totally screws the pooch and calls her Leia by accident. Like that was a real bonehead move on Obi-Wan's part. Yeah, but he saves it extremely well. Yeah, and I know. So, yeah, like they had the Obi Wan had his story about uh, we're farmers from Tull, yeah. and uh, Leia just continues to like like oh I'm gonna add so much to this story and <laughs> see <laughs> she's so, so like that actress is so ridiculously endearing. Yeah, she it is. is off the charts uh, and just like he looks friendly. Yeah, <laughs> just waving him down. I kept waiting for Obi-Wan to do some classic stormtrooper force persuasion. Like he was going to Me catch too. catch himself in a lie and he would just have to wave his hand. And that could have been cool. I was 100% expecting that as well. Uh, I was expecting it not during the transport, but I was expecting it when they got to the gate. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I was like, okay, now how's he going to get out of this one? Oh, wait a minute. Of course, this is how he's going to get out of it. And then it wasn't it at all. Yeah. Uh, and he even lets himself get... Uh, flagged by the probe droid he decides like one second too late to shoot it yeah by the way that shootout was really good and the image that stays in my mind is when uh one of the stormtroopers lands on top of the laser fence and gets cut right in half yeah that was great <laughs> sometimes star wars is not afraid to be absolutely brutal and it's kind of fun that was a great video game moment where you want totally. to be able to dismember sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then they uh, they get through the fence and as soon as they reach the other side, they're met with yet another Imperial transport, three stormtroopers and an Imperial officer, this woman played by Indira Varma. Um, again, kind of a classic Star Wars construct. Uh, she then turns on the stormtroopers and reveals herself as like a black ops kind of like hidden um, sleeper cell secret rebel yeah. uh who's in charge of what's essentially the jedi um underground railroad they like they have this network of 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 former jedi quinlan voss is referenced at one point and it seems to yeah. specifically uh work to um relocate jedi and younglings in particular to get them new identities and find them uh solace which is cool. Yeah, no, yeah, that is really cool. Uh, it was something that I don't know if it's been like specifically brought up in any other piece of canon, but it, it was it was it made a lot of sense. It was cool to see the way Obi Wan react to it. It was cool to see the way Reva react to it. Uh, I like it was interesting. Like I don't know why they would write their names on the walls. Uh, it definitely yeah. allowed people to go through. And uh, there was a fan theory out that uh, um, I forget. Uh, the character's name is Corrin. Corrin Horn, I believe, uh, is a, a Legends character. Um, and he was part of like Luke's Jedi Academy. And it was in the credits last week, the little boy uh, who uh, Haja, uh, is, who's with his mother and Haja directs to how to get through the, the port. Uh, the, his name in the credits was Corrin. 
and it was written on the wall that it was corn horn and so it shows that and Great. his mother was listed on imdb as being the character's legend's mother and so it it, it, it showed like it, it basically was like oh if you wanted to know the previous week we teased it out for you and we're going to double check it for the incredibly deep nerds who want to go and transcribe what's written on the wall <laughs> yeah what a stunning subtlety that's so nice yeah that's so I, like it was nice it was it was i think more so done as like a uh, okay, this can show how Obi-Wan can show to Quinlan Voss and then some other people can just like pull out little subtleties and have some fun with it and uh, maybe reuse this kind of concept in video games moving forward. Another moment that really popped for me uh, is a, a tender conversation between Leia and Ben uh, where they're talking about their families and she is acknowledging that she like sometimes tries to remember her mother and, and she says, you knew my mother and she even asks him, are you my father? And mm. he tells her, I wish I could say that I was, um, but no, that I'm not. And then, and I'm curious to hear what you know about this. We hear more about the Kenobi family than I think we ever have before. He yep. sort of references remembering his parents and he's not positive, but he thinks he has a brother. And what mm -hmm. do you, what do you take from that? Cause that's huge to me. Well, I mean, it, it means it, it's, it's nothing new in the sense that, all they all had families. Sure, they were all like Obi Wan's from the planet Stujon, and and do you know why he's from the planet Stujon? No, but what a silly word! Uh, it's because John Stewart asked George Lucas, "Where's Obi Wan Kenobi from?" No, and so he made it. Yes, ew, yes, <laughs> and that has continued in throughout canon, and now Stujon, Stujon. is where uh, Obi Wan is from. And so, but that's the thing, like there is a family called the Kenobis on Stujon. Yeah. And clearly they had maybe two boys uh, and the the older boy um, at the age of probably, I don't know, two or something was taken by the Jedi. Uh, but in Tales of the Jedi, something that will be coming in the news, we're going to be kind of seeing that moment for Ahsoka. So we'll be kind of learning about, uh, and that's really one of the only stories that we know of, of uh a Jedi being taken by the Jedi Order. So do you think that them referencing this here is early foreshadowing for them to fulfill that story in this series? Like, are we going to learn no. more about Kenobi's, really? I would I would be absolutely floored and shocked if we learned anything more about the Kenobi's. I think that is just uh, illumination on what it is like for most Jedi and uh, another reason as to why Anakin it was the only family he had. And I guess how extra how extra difficult all this is, and how he kind of sees Leia somewhat as extended family, um, in in the same way that you it's it's a lot of found it's a lot of found family stuff as well there that Star Wars is really building upon. No, I I, I get that, and I'm not saying that that we should. Um, retcon that old Ben Kenobi is uh, a hermit. I'm not saying that at all, but like if there could be some way to just tell us a little bit more, because I don't think it's an accident that he has a brother when you and I have talked so much about how Anakin is his brother. And he is now facing for the first time in a decade the reality that his brother is gone and what's left of that brother hates him and wants him to suffer. And so it would be nice to know that there was like a non-tragic story. Um, we won't get we won't get the non-tragic Obi Wan Kenobi. That's not other, that's not his lot in life. Unfortunately, the, the other thing I thought of is like, what if uh, his biological brother's name was Ben, 
and he doesn't even know, that been cool. know why he thought to call himself that but like he's like i don't know ben kenobi kind of rings a bell i'll call myself that and we'd have a fourth <laughs> ben in the galaxy far far away you know that would be something that maybe they won't confirm here but wouldn't surprise like that's a really good theory i think that I think that's a really good theory. Yeah. I think that could make a lot of sense as to why, where the name kind of came from. I, I think that's cool. I think that would make a lot of sense. And uh, it also, it, I love the fact that you pointed out, and I can't believe I didn't think about, and the, the longer they spend time together, the relationship that Leia has with this Ben uh, yeah. being the, the far more logical reason for naming her child Ben than yeah. previously. You came here with Ben Kenobi? <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, she actually had a, a relationship and an adventure wherein he was like this great hero in her in her childhood memories. Yeah. And so she loves and ben. saved her. Yeah. Yeah. And she went on to name her uh, equally tragic son, Ben. It's really an unlucky name in the galaxy far, far away. It, it is. Uh, ben <laughs> Quadraneros also blew yeah, up. I know. Uh, rough that starting rough ending. <laughs> Don't be dead, named dead ben. last place. Um, OK, well, we, let's talk about the the final encounter which is really sweet. And I don't know how to talk about it specifically, but holy shit, seeing this 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 scary, well, seeing the lightsabers go on, it's like a little bit of dueling. Um, and one thing that stands out to me is that Obi-Wan is weak and Vader calls him oh, weak. Yeah. Um, because what we've been left assuming is that in the time that they may have encountered each other between Mustafar and A New Hope, probably Obi-Wan bested Vader again, because that's kind of what the dialogue yeah. alludes to. And maybe we've yet to see that happen in this series. But at least this version of Ben Kenobi is rusty with the old lightsaber and physicality yeah, in general. A, there's a few things on that. Yes, he, he calls him uh, weak again. I forget what the specific is the... A new, a new hope it's your powers are weak old man um oh time has made you weak time has made you weak is what he says in this episode yeah uh, which is which is good uh and yes the line is also when i left you i was but the learner now i am the master and so that implies that obi-wan's gonna win yeah and so that will definitely factor into the next fight obi-wan will he may not win fully. He may get the moral victory. He may get the the moral high ground, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, in in the fight versus uh, actually like kicking his ass. There is one way of interpreting that line that I never have previously. That somebody mentioned I listened to on a podcast in the in the last month because of all the Obi Wan discussions around it, and someone mentioned it, and I never interpreted it this way. When I left you, I was but the learner. Mm. It, it, that's the part that you need to focus on. It, it's when I left you, mm -hmm. I was but the learner. That doesn't change. He left him as a learner. Like it, it doesn't matter what their encounters have been since then. When I left you, I was but the learner. Yeah. Now I'm the master. Right. And so it doesn't mean it, it, you really can get away with it. But I do believe Obi-Wan will win the next encounter. Uh, with that said, what I loved about how showing how weak he was was one of the best moments in uh, Revenge of the Sith during their giant battle is when they try and force push each other mm -hmm. and they just force push and it's this giant standoff 
and they're just pushing and there nothing happens and they both fly across the room whereas in this episode vader goes to do it to obi-wan and just throws obi-wan because obi-wan has nothing in the tank yeah and so as opposed to them doing this like magnets against each other thing Vader just dummies Obi-Wan and then is able to completely take the fight over from there. And so I love that they're even mirroring stuff in the way that they've been fighting. And so, uh, yeah, it was overall, it was a, a really cool encounter, uh, but I, it just shows how cool the next one's going to be as well. There's something so petulant about Vader needing to get even with Obi-Wan for what Obi-Wan, you know, I guess kind of did to him physically. But like in fairness, if if Vader remembers Mustafar, they were equal parts in that fight. It's not it's not like like Obi-Wan like tied Anakin up and like, you know, fondue dipped him into the lava just for his own shits and giggles. Like it they were trying to kill each other. It's yes. and and Obi-Wan won that particular standoff and so that like Vader thinks that he'll feel better if he does to Obi-Wan what has been done to him is so short-sighted. But by the way, like, also so literal. Like, he sets the ground on fire and drags Obi-Wan through the fire. And if it went on for any longer, Obi-Wan would have started to get as badly burned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was gross. Yeah. And it was really sadistic. And they had a couple really good Vader shots uh, the way that just the, the things were burning, the reflection. Uh, I still, I didn't like the fact that they were able to like find a way around it and for Obi-Wan to escape. Yeah. Uh, they needed a better way for Obi-Wan to escape or have Ned B be a, a, a fast droid as opposed to being this really slow, lumbering, even slower than Darth Vader droid. Um, I like that droid though. And I like the scene where he, he doesn't talk, but he manages to shake those stormtroopers that are coming around looking and he's just holding the hammer behind his back because actions speak louder than words. I thought that was really nicely telegraphed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is the, what is the quote? Speak lowly and carry a big stick or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, and speaking of droids, I gather that in the last week um, or the last five days, like, Lola merchandise is already a big thing. Like everybody wants their own Lola. Yes, I think that I think Hasbro. Uh, I've read an article or something that I, I believe there is indeed a Lola yeah. uh, in the works. Well, I and love so it. Like it's not... it's kind of like an R two that that's also a butterfly. Like what a great idea. Yeah, or like a ladybug a yeah. little bit more. At least that's the look. I, I forget what the name was. Like L O like one fifty nine or something like that. It wasn't like a, it wasn't clean. It wasn't like. L zero L four or something. They're really uh, going for Leia having empathy for the droids in this. They've made a couple of points of of saying that, and like, I'm not saying that isn't implicit in previous iterations of Leia. Like, I guess she's kind to the droids, but it seems very specific to this youthful version of Leia that she loves droids. That seems a little new. She's, yeah, she's very well. Also, she has a tolerance for three PO that. No one else does. And three she's three PO sticks by her side uh through her entire life. She also and likes so, Ewoks. So she just kind of likes like smaller, yeah. simpler beings. Yeah. Or she says the 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 princess of empathy. Yeah. She knows how to relate to those who are in particular downtrodden. So it's notable that we got absolutely no Luke or the Lars Homestead in this episode. Not even any mention of it, and that's fine. I'm sure we're going to get a Luke scene in this series. But 
it seems like Leia is kind of the co-star in the show. And that was the big secret about the show. And like that she's been kidnapped by Moses Ingram again by Reva. Like it seems like that's going to continue throughout this whole series is the whole thing is about Leia. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I was expecting Leia's story to kind of end in this episode. And I was not expecting Darth Vader to be as prominent in this episode. I was expecting Darth Vader, but I was expecting little bits of Darth Vader, uh, maybe half as much Vader as we got. And so I'd say for the first two episodes being exactly what I expected, this one was not at all what I expected. And I love that as well. Uh, and I, I like, like, sure, keep Leia in this whole series. I'm fine with her being uh, prominent uh, through till the end. That that works for me. Well, the, the actress feels like the character. And you know what we're going to establish is that Leia has an ongoing familiarity with Darth Vader. Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. And by the time mm -hmm. we, she catches up to him in A New Hope, she's not even phased to see him. She's like, oh, it's this son of a bitch again. I'm always coming face to face with this guy. Well, I guess I ha gotta have words with him again. And he's thinking the same thing. So you can bet now that she's under the custody of Reva, she's, in the next episode, she's gonna meet Darth Vader. And I don't, might. I don't know if he's going to sense fatherhood he doesn't appear to when they interact in episode four but i don't know he's having all kinds of friggin instincts right now yeah he's he's too clouded by the obi-wan stuff yeah. and that's where i guess you have to be yeah you have to assume is the situation for why he's not able to identify leia ever really but he senses um, obi-wan in a new hope too when they're both yeah. aboard the death star which is cool yes uh and so I don't know, though, at the start of the film, though, Obi-Wan's not directly around, um, but shit's going really bad for the Empire, so maybe he's stressed out, and he's like, I really got to get those rebel plans now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, what about Indira Varma? Did you like her? Yeah, I thought she was good. Me too. I thought uh, I didn't immediately. I thought, oh, that's very Imperial look, and we'd seen her in that get up before, um, but I didn't, until they did the, the long pause on Obi-Wan, uh, with his kind of head down, then I realized, oh, she's going to do, we're going to have a Hux and Rise of Skywalker moment. Um, but I, I didn't expect that at first. So uh, who are we and, left uh, to see? Because it seems like the the guest star of the week in episode one was Benny Safdie and the, the guest star in the second episode was Kumail and then Indira Varma. Maybe we'll see her again, but we probably don't need to. And so who will episodes four, five, and six bring through? I think she definitely will be in the next episode. Um, I was really expecting um, Ned B to be voiced by um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Because he's in this. Yep. But I then they said that he doesn't have a voice. And so I was like, oh, okay. Then the no. Because I knew Ned B was in the trailer briefly. Uh, I think Maya Erskine is also sure. in the show. I love her. Yeah. Um, those are the only two I can think of off the top of my head who... I, I know are in the show, but I, I don't know if um, have have appeared yet. Well, I absolutely loved this one. I like I, I thought it was stunning. So exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was really it was really well paced as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a fun, a, a fun bit of dialogue here and there. It's very sweet. Like you mentioned how sweet it was before about um, kind of when they talk about their families as well, but also when like Obi-Wan talks about um, like how, uh, how Luma reminds uh, him of her mother, Leia. Right. <laughs> um, but it just as an overall, it's got 
uh, tugs on your heartstrings. It's intense. It's bits of horror in there. Uh, it's got some good little bits of that are funny. Um, Frex funny. Yeah, Frex. Uh, overall, yeah, it was just, it was a, a really, really, really good episode. And this whole show is just shaping up to be um, something special. Something else that stands out to me about you and McGregor in this series is that he's very troubled all the time. And I'll be curious to see if we get the character to a point by the end of these six episodes where he's a little more carefree. Because Alec Guinness, while living in hiding, is not a glum guy. Like he's actually he's actually like quite chill about all things. And so it'd be nice if we could get Ewan McGregor's character uh, as Ben Kenobi to a point where he is at he has found some peace. Yes. And I think in that like in that extended scene that we'll get at the end of the series where he's older, uh, I think they will do a good job of being able to show that he has found peace well, at and, the very least. And maybe the vehicle towards that peace is finally getting to commune with Qui-Gon, which he still can't quite tap into, but it's coming. It will either come during the fight with Vader, mm. which would be interesting, yeah. or before, right before it, or uh, at the very end of the show, uh, it could be uh, a teaser to maybe lead into, will there be a season two sort of thing? Uh, I know well, that uh, Ewan McGregor indicated he would be interested in maybe doing that. You know, what if he meditates in his final duel with Vader? And that kind of like leaves us to wonder Ooh. if he's in fact talking to Qui-Gon when he meditates in his final duel with Vader. I don't know how they do. Oh, actually, it doesn't matter how, but I, whatever the setting is, I want them to allow for that. That would be awesome. That would be so that is beautiful. Great, great yeah. pull. That would be so cool. That is, everyone would know what, like, as, as soon as he got down, everyone would be like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, oh, now, I, I, if, if they don't do that, I guarantee you, had you told them, they'd be like, oh shit. We got to do that. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's kind of what this series and certainly Rogue One, all kinds of other uh, Star Wars content recently is really doing best is just providing a little more context and 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 uh, background for some of the Star Wars that already exists and we already love. And I mean, that's exactly what this show is. It takes this kind of mm -hmm. mysterious wizard who doesn't have a whole lot of development in the original Star Wars and just gives him a whole friggin' backstory. Um, but uh if they could tie off everything, everything that didn't quite add up or make sense, or we just kind of like accepted was cryptic. If we could find some some resolution in everything, it would be wonderful. Yeah, I mean the the Qui Gon stuff. There's 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 so much you can do there as yeah. well, and so, so that will be it'll be interesting to see how much we get out of it. But uh, we'll definitely be getting Qui Gon, and so I will. It be at the end, or will it be next week? Who knows? Maybe that'll be the next big uh, focus of the next episode. Um, but Leia's in the hands of Riva now, so will Obi Wan have to get her back again? Yeah. We have to. Will the big fight be? Will it be the big fight be on Nur? Mm. Uh, Nur is the fortress uh, where the Inquisitor's fortress is. So that's a water planet. Maybe yeah. it's a little bit of fire and water sort of thing. I'd like that. The last one's on Mustafar. Um, what they did kind of like in Rise of Skywalker. Do we have any news that's not stuff that we've already been discussing or um, Star Wars executives and Ewan McGregor in particular speaking out against racism? Um, lots of racism stuff. Which is great. I'm glad uh, that they're addressing it, by the way, but we don't need to address it also. 
No, we don't need to as well. But I'm, I'm, it was, it was good that they finally did because yeah. it was a little overdue. On well, I just really liked the there. way. Um, here we are addressing it. I really liked that yeah. Ewan McGregor was not cryptic about it. He was very explicit. Like, look, you're no fan of Star Wars, as far as I'm concerned. If you, if you behave that way, and like that's really yeah. drawing a line. And I thought that was valuable. Yeah. Um. And he's also he's an executive producer on it, so yeah. it's important for for him to to stand up for the people he works with, and that that was great to see. Yeah. Uh, but other things in the news, as you were as we were saying, there is an it's L L zero L A fifty nine, I think. So L O L A fifty nine. So there is going to be a, a ninety dollar Lola uh, from Hasbro, and <laughs> so uh, it lights up. And uh, I don't know if it does anything other than light up, but it lights up. She doesn't fly. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. No. <laughs> that would be pretty impressive. Um, there's a stand that makes it look like it's hovering. Um, anyway, that's that's funny. But uh, other than that, really, there was just so much from Star Wars Celebration. Everybody's kind of getting over the hangover of that. Uh, Ewan McGregor uh, said at the very end of Star Wars Celebration, apparently. Um, and... I don't know whether it was I, I saw someone post somewhere that he was just joking with a fan uh, who had asked. Uh, but I don't know that that's true. But he made reference to I hope everyone enjoys episodes three, four, five and six and seven, eight, nine and ten. Goodbye, everybody. What? So he was just being a, a, like a shithead or do you think that actually meant something? Either they've got a, like a like a a part a season one part two up their sleeve and they really filmed ten episodes. Wow! Or he was joking with the fan who said, "Can we have more or something?" Or or who knows what it is? But uh, it was interesting uh, because apparently it, a lot of people are taught like talked about it uh, from who were at celebration saying mm -hmm. it was it was just kind of weird the pause that he did in the way that he said it and so I don't know maybe he was thinking up as uh, like am I going to tell this little joke or whether or not he was uh, leaking what could be like a, a oh what are people going to talk about uh, leading up to that final episode because maybe they will have a part two of season one but I doubt it. I have no idea what to do with that. <laughs> I think I think probably <laughs> not, but I have no idea what to I do think, with that. I don't think anything will uh, come of that. But um, another thing that I don't think we mentioned was uh, mentioning uh, before is an update on Lando. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's an update. I read that article. Yeah. And that specifically is that it's all in the court of Donald Glover. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just based on his schedule. Um, and so that is interesting. It's the first confirmation that it's indeed Donald Glover, although it was pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they'll also have Billy D. Williams. That's what I would like to see. So do it soon yeah. so that Billy D. can be a, a big part of it. That would be what I would like. He's like pretty much as old as Billy D. Williams in Empire Strikes Back anyway at this point. Um, maybe. Um, yeah, not quite, but like, it, it's not like he's young Lando anymore. No, I mean, yeah, Donald Glover's not like a super young guy. No. And so, but he can certainly still play the part. Sure. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's anything really specific uh, news-wise that we uh, need to mention that uh, wouldn't be just repeating ourselves from last time. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, I'm not going to do birthdays because they're the same every year. And maybe I'll get back to it eventually, but I don't have an update for you. Uh, if you have any thoughts on this third installment of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and surely you do, 
uh, let us hear them. You can email recorder66podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at recorder66. Uh, please be sure to rate and review on your preferred podcast app so that we find other Star Wars fans that way. And if you're joining us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. And until we are together again, may the Force be with you.